to our farmers at a cost of $3.6 million. Now, I was heartened last night when I saw a Glenn Simon edited Government of St. Lucia Economic Recovery Plan PR rollout. I was encouraged. And I'll show you part of it which relates to agriculture, although they did not give details of exactly how much they're going to spend in agriculture. And my information is that it could be as little as $500,000, but I'll wait for them to come out with an official figure to see. For the past two months, government officials have been working assiduously on the economic recovery and resilience plan for St. Lucia, with a focus on stimulating all aspects of the economy. Government employed a three-phased approach to addressing the COVID-19 situation, which initially included managing the healthcare component. This involved an increase in the number of healthcare personnel and personal protective equipment, establishment of isolation and quarantine centers, not forgetting local testing capacity for COVID-19. Acting Permanent Secretary and Director of Finance, Esther Rigobert, stated that the Economic Recovery and Resilience Plan aims to bring about hope and instill confidence at the household and business level. The second phase of the plan focuses on bringing support to the most vulnerable and persons directly impacted by COVID-19, such as those in tourism, agriculture, and tourism sectors. Over 30 agencies, including the Chamber of Commerce, banks, and credit unions were engaged for their feedback, support, and contributions in the formation of the Economic Recovery and Resilience Plan. Chief Economist in the Department of Finance, Janai Leos, said though the plan takes into account short, medium, and long-term initiatives, emphasis will be placed on the immediate to short-term gains over the next six months. Some of the issues in the discussion or the discussions have been how can we reposition the economy, how can we diversify the society and so forth. We also had discussions on food security, agro-processing and also lending to, to SMEs. So cognizant of those, the plan is going to have some of those elements in there. So the analogy that comes to mind is you have a Lamborghini and I have a 10-speed bicycle. And we have to have a race up the VG stretch from the bottom of the stretch by the cemetery. And we are going to race from the bottom of the stretch of the cemetery up to the airport, the George F.L. Charles Airport. And we are having a race and I have a 10-speed bicycle and you have a Lamborghini. And you'll say there's no chance I can win. But if you come with the Lamborghini, the race is on Wednesday, and you come on Saturday, I'm pretty sure I'll win with the 10-speed bicycle. In other words, the best laid plans, and I'm not criticizing the plan, I'm just saying, what about the obvious? What about the obvious? I'll be happy if there are plans for what you're going to do with the economy, but y'all are actually acting like because the country was shut down, and because there's been the great lockdown, that the economy just stayed on pause. People were staying on pause and losing money, going into their savings, businesses crippled, people incurring mounting debt. So as much as it sounds nice to have these plans, you know what could have been done so that you would not even have to come to recover as much as you'd have to recover? If Chastney and the Ministry of Finance officials gave the farmers their money, you owe them $4 million, you give them $1 million, and now you have to have a recovery plan when if you gave them the money that you owe them, at least they could have hold themselves for the last three months. But common sense is anathema to you. And tell me, folks, if even after you see Shastani doing all the PR, 
tell me if you really and truly believe that he is going to make agriculture top priority. Nobody's saying agriculture can substitute for tourism. But since tourism is going nowhere in a hurry, it could sure as hell supplement certain activities in your economy, creating labor, creating food to address your food supply chain issues that must come. But no. Guys, Mr. Prime Minister, you agree that it, it can't be business as usual. As far as our economy is concerned, our dependence on tourism, there's need for us to look at other avenues. Tim, I want you to, you know, I, I think that I, I'm saying to you that, that we're going to be extremely open-minded and we have to be. And I would like you also to be open-minded. We don't know and you don't know whether in fact people being locked up in their homes for this long period of time actually creates more tourism than that. I don't know. So what I'm saying to you is that we need to be open-minded enough that once the economies open up and we have a better assessment of what's taking place, then we can adjust both our medium-term and long-term strategies. When will they ever learn? When will they ever learn? Tourism. Tourism. I heard Colombia or somebody saying that Colombia was talking about a virtual vacation. Is that going to be a sufficient substitute to what vacations were before? When will they ever learn? When will they And this is a prime minister whose constituency is the economy, the local economy there is largely based not on tourism, although he wants to build a water park if you re-elect him down there. Six flags! In the meantime, the people are suffering and struggling with agriculture and fisheries. So let's go to Tiroche now. We plant bananas. We market. And we continue to plant bananas in the area. But Saka bouille moi, c'est misi banana moi ni la, avec koumani en Haïti oui. Non ouais gouvernement non, ka accepté chips ka sorti moi de ce Nicaragua et de côté au Capoy. Les non ni banane non ça fait chips et puis, et kagate, et c'est fama ni pièces banane, et banane yo c'est minga mi tombe à terre yon, pa yon, et yo pas sakye. So I remember as a little boy, you used to see, because I mean my family, deep into politics, you'd see the various manifestos of the different parties and the candidates. And one of the funny things about all of them, I always used to find it peculiar, was whenever they had to have the hobbies of whether it was Desmond Braffitt or it was Clendon Mason or whether it was Tony Torrance or whoever it was, you always used to hear the same thing or see the same thing in print. Hobbies, farming. Hobby, farming. Always some sort of home gardening, some sort of farming. And one of the people who is most noted for that is an actual farmer in the name of the late Sir John Compton, who came from that same Miku constituency, although he ran it when it was Miku and Denry combined, combined and then also ran Miku North. But the point is, let's face it, the whole of Miku and its electorate has been cultivated. It's, the UWP base has been cultivated by Sir John and what he did in the quote-unquote green gold era. And one of the things that Sir John was noted for saying was that when he would be farming, it would help him make a lot of decisions. It would help him in his meditative process, for him to process things. 
And you wonder, boy, all these CARICOM people that are there, like Mia Motley and Ralph Gonzalez, and then you have people like um, Gaston Brown that talk about our not-too-bright prime minister. They also know that he probably is not exactly the most introspective or deep in terms of thought. Let's listen to Keith Rowley, Prime Minister of Trinidad, just a couple of days ago, came out with this. As a registered farmer of long standing, and I'm a member of the Sheep and Goat Society, practicing a rarer of small ruminants, and a farmer who does uh, backyard gardening for relaxation and for good benefit. I want to encourage myself and others, grow what you eat, eat what you grow. And while you're growing, while you're preparing your soil, planting your seedlings, watching them grow, there's a satisfaction that comes, particularly at the harvesting time. Here, um, ever since I've been here in the Prime Minister's office, I would come here when I have a little time, sometimes late into the evening or very early in the morning. And it allows me the, the, the satisfaction of getting it done, but also it sharpens your thinking process because I have found that I do a lot of focused thinking while I'm tilling the soil, while I'm planting, so I'm getting two things done at once. Rather than sitting in an office, doing it there, I can be doing it here. So you might see me working in the soil, working with the plants, but up here I'm doing something else as well. Great combination. And this, um, I've done a number of uh, crops here. I use no chemical sprays, so I can eat my fruits off the tree without fear of any chemical contamination. And I, I encourage my family to participate and I share with my neighbors and co-workers. So this is where it comes from. So why, in a time where we can rebase our economy and solidify it along the lines of sustainability, as preached in Donut Economics, economics predicated on sustainability, and we all know and we've seen glaringly what the weaknesses of tourism are and will continue to be no matter what. And like was even said by the folks in the FAO, that unless a vaccine is found and regularized and standardized, which even if it came out by December, would still have a lag of a year or so before things got anywhere back to what we would call the new normal. And you hear people like the Prime Minister say, coexist with COVID. I love the way that we talk about coexisting with COVID as if COVID leaves us a choice, as if COVID can be reasoned with or managed. COVID is doing what it wants. Trump has been trying to coexist with COVID, have rallies with COVID, and right now they're on the verge of having a second wave, but we want to bring tourists down from there. We bring in Cambridge Analytica people. We do not even know if they quarantine, and she having a meeting in Rodney Bay, urgent meeting this morning at 8 o'clock with all, what do you call that, stakeholders? What do you all hold? Not the stakes for St. Lucia. But eat what you grow, grow what you eat. Is that such a difficult paradigm? Right now, if we started right now to have a farm labor support program to generate employment, irrigation program to generate employment and minor construction, we could plant and, and reap the following crops. Tomatoes, cabbage, lettuce, pineapple, sweet peppers, watermelon, cantaloupe, ground provisions, yams and cassava would take more than six months, but just over more than six months, but cassava in particular and, and yams don't need as much water. Onions, okros, and peas, all of these, if we planted them now, we could be reaping nationally 
Imagine if we took the land from Tewa King, that 1,500 acres, and marshaled all our farmers to plant there as well as planting all around the country and all the arable lands. We could reduce our food import bill. But again, we have to go into the Prime Minister's, Prime Minister's constituency to see the stark contrast. I want you to think about the type of ego that it takes to run Soufre and put a bridge, a footbridge, with Taiwanese money, knowing you're not the MP, and have it named after yourself. And then be only a year or so into office, commission a road in a constituency that was costed out at $12 million, give it out to Fresh Start Direct Award at $18.5 million, have it start cracking less than 30 days after, and up to this day, still having parts of it needing to be repaired because of defects. Concrete that should have been five inches thick is two and a half inches. Sand that was not washed off, the salt was not washed off of it. And all that time, farmers are catching their royal. Well, folks in, in Miku South, Gibeon Ferdinand has been there, Gibo has been there. He lives there, his children are there. He's not going to go off to Canada if he loses an election. He's not going to run back to his home in Canada if he loses an election or his new condo in flat in Miami and also the one in Park Avenue or Brooklyn or wherever they've got near the one this earlier this year. No, he's there with you. He's been with, working with your children as a principal. And I'm not putting in a plug for Gibo. I'm saying, at what point do you tell yourself that your own people, you yourself, are good enough for you? How difficult can it be now that you've experienced Shastney and realizing his counterintuitive priorities? And in the meantime, Sanusha, I want to show you just what opportunity has been missed. First, we're going to show you the food import bill for those who doubt what I've been saying. This is the food import bill document for right now. And as you can see, 
in that food import bill you have for 2020, 2019, 2018. So let's look at $5.8 million for 2018 for vegetables. This is not the total of the food import bill. This is the food import bill for vegetables alone. $5.8 million for vegetables in 2018. $5.6 million for vegetables in 2019. Right, so far, January to March, that first quarter of 2020, $1.3 million on vegetables. The same watermelon, if you look on the side, and I want to zoom in and go to the left side so people can see some of the vegetables that we are importing. So right, and then go over to the other side, right. And let people see tomatoes, cauliflowers, cabbages, lettuce, sweet peppers, sweet potatoes, pineapples, watermelons, cantaloupes, melons, all of the same things that we can plant and grow here. We have just paid this year $1.3 million, $1,339,958 worth of vegetables. The same things that we could be growing here right now. And we talk about the country's broke and we don't know why. So let's come off of that for a second. Folks, that's vegetables. And the one thing that you've heard in, in terms of boosting our immune system, that we have the perfect ability between our climate and our diet, if we can make it so, planting the onions, the okros, the peas, the fruits and vegetables, that we can boost our immune systems right here. And then look at the overall food import bill. Let's show that to them. And I want to open up for calls. The phone number for calls is 5727588. Right? 5727588 is the phone number for calls. But I also, and we'll take it off and put it back on again, show everyone exactly what the food import bill is. So you can see for 2018, $367 million dollars. There's the food import bill, $367 million at the bottom in the middle, $367 million for 2018, $373 million for 2019, and so far this year for the first quarter, $90 million, $90,525,955 worth of food imports, St. Lucia. This is us hemorrhaging money that we don't have, importing foods that we could be growing here. See it. Let's zoom in and show people the numbers again a little bit closer, right, and down to the bottom. So that 2018, $367 million. So when they tell you that we're spending a million dollars, over a million dollars a day on food imports, recognize for 2019, $373 million. And for 2020, so far this first quarter, we have spent $90 million, over $90 million in food imports. Now let's zoom out so everybody can see it again. This is our food import bill, St. Lucia. While the Prime Minister is obsessed with politics and tourism, and we are in a bind already with tourism and not being in control, Nobody gives a damn about agriculture and what could have at least been done to assuage the farmers, give them the money that you owe them, and then help them with seeds and irrigation, farm labor support, get people who are out of work back into work. 
No, we rather stay and leave ourselves with a staggering food import bill because we have friends and family that do food and distribution and imports. We have others that are in supermarkets. We have others that have their big um, wholesale stores, you know, in different places around the country. And at the end of the day, those people contribute to the campaign. So instead of dealing with this, instead of recognizing both the opportunity and the savings that could be held and had, and on top of that, the sustainable economics, we can come off of that now. Instead of that, we are just continuing down the road of counterintuitive thinking. Somehow, we are not just trying to survive COVID or the economic impact. We are actually trying to survive the pig-headedness of one man and his cabinet of, or cabal of cronies who literally are trying to make us suffer while they go through an election process. As I said, folks, the phone line is open at 572-7588. We can talk about this stuff. We can talk about other stuff that may be going on, like right now, the strike down um, in view at St. Jude's with regards to the various workers out there. I'm sure that'll be in the evening news. Also, you can also send your shout outs. Send your shout outs to Cambridge Analytica that's had their meetings. So they're probably recalibrating for people like me or Yadi and Jahim or Richard Frederick. Or, you know, tomorrow, like I said, they probably, as far as I think, they're going to send, send Shastney into Castries East. So he'll be going about the, the, the leader of the opposition's constituency. I'm sure there's a psychological ploy in that. Who knows? Maybe after today's meeting, they'll recalibrate and they'll make him go and work on building the, the, what's the water park at Bosher. That has not started, and I do not know where that money is coming from and how it's going to work. But folks, again, just note, uh, we are importing tomatoes, and you can see it when you go in the supermarket. We are importing tomatoes, cabbage, lettuce, and all these things, where all of these things could be, we could have a farm labor intensive program right now for tomatoes, cabbage, lettuce, pineapple, sweet peppers, watermelon, cantaloupes, ground provisions, prioritizing yams and cassava, Onions, okros, and peas. And what are we doing? What are we doing? We're talking tourism. Talking about tourism. And what does the SLHTA need? And what do we need to give after we give them this and we give them that? Less on VAT, open up the airlines, even if there's a second wave coming. What are we doing, San Lucia? Are we going to say, and this is the part that's freaking me out, forget the opposition, forget the politicians. You, John Q. Public San Lucia, are you literally telling me that all of us are going to stay hostage, waiting for the man to call an election? So if he doesn't call elections next month, what are we going to do? Good afternoon, caller. Good afternoon, caller. Yes, good afternoon, Christopher. Good afternoon. Yes, let me first thank you for the initiation and how this shastling could continues to go, to go through this country. All I see this Prime Minister is a con artist, a con man. Because Christopher, with all intended purposes and with everything that, that has gone that has gone in this country, especially the three months of COVID, state of emergency and the stim stimulus package that that had to be given to the hard-earned employees of this country. He turned a blind eye. And to come on television now and to profess and, 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 and to continue to con, this Prime Minister con us four years ago. 
St. Lucians, I'm asking you all with, with an open mind and open air, it is not business as usual. Let us forget about the yellow and red. It is the country first. And I do know that there is a chunk of 38,000 persons that votes Labour Party and a, a chunk of 40, thereabout, that vote the, the UWP. Mm-hmm. It is crunch time now. The country is on its knees. Latania talk show, Avanki de Kadi, Peria, Kase, Timar. Atoma, Ipakase, Mepeia, Ada La Pen. And I am calling on all concerned St. Lucians that to do the right thing. It is not a labor or UWP thing. It is the country first. And we cannot go another four years because this prime minister has continued to disregard everything um, which is indigenous in, in St. Lucia. I will not rest and continue to talk about it. The eminent closure of that great institution, Radio St. Lucia, um, withdrawing this stipend from the National Trust. And now the St. Lucia Blind Welfare Association. And you have a prime minister every year is coming around and say you're having a ball for the, for the police. Mm-hmm. It is rule and divide. And let us continue that movement. This is the movement. Long live Christopher Hunt. Long live Richard Frederick. Young live Yadi and MDC. Thank you, my brother. Thank you very much, Kuala. Thank you very much. So then the scenario does come because it's in his hands. What if he says he's going to go right up to the finish line and he says he's not going to call elections? Because we're all hoping that he calls elections by August, dissolve parliament by the 25th of July and have elections so we can give him the tikwa, you know, where he deserves it. But, folks, let's be honest. Why would he call an election unless he knows he's winning it? What makes you think he's going to fight a fair election? What about these guys tell you that they're going to run a fair election and just let the people decide? Really? And what if he strings it out? What if after September, because it's an open possibility, what if after September he decides he's going to extend the state of emergency by another month? Because that's what Cambridge Analytica and them advise while he goes around campaigning and so on. Are we just going to continue to just sit and take and take? We keep hoping that an election will set us free from the same person who is starving us. We want him to be gracious and fair. But think about it. At what point do we demand what is ours? At what point do we respect our own civil liberties? Are we always going to be waiting for Daisy and Shari to allow us to have a protest that they can't allow because of the state of emergency and a prime minister that says, oh, I wish I could have allowed you all to protest, but it's up to the police. And then they'll just keep playing the game back and forth. San Lucia, you right now are at the point, I don't know how much longer can you sustain it. Raise your hand if your savings done. Raise your hand if you never even had savings to begin with. Raise your hand if you hand to mouth. Raise your hand if you have to be keep going by your auntie, your nene. You have to keep going all over to get a dollar. Raise your hand if you have no idea where you're getting your next job. If you came off a cruise ship or if you're working for a hotel. Raise your hand if you're worried because they're calling you to come and work at hotels for free. And you can't even afford the bus to go. And then they want you to, if you are going to get a job, to work for less. Raise your hand if they cut your cable or if they cut your, your internet. 
Raise your hand if you can't pay your electricity bill, no matter whether they give you an amnesty or not. And then how long will your arms stay up and be tired? Hands up, out, in, down. Right? Back to preschool. Back to primary school. While at the same time, the powers that be continue to get it good. How long can you sustain this ready state where you just take in and take in and take in? Puesa. Puesa. I apologize. I'm sorry. I was just busy destroying the country so I could make the country that I want a nice little bourgeois enclave like Miami Vice introduction. And at the same time, to hell with you, except that now I need you because it's elections. So I'm going to call this elderly lady that doesn't have a clue and tell her I want to come on her show and I'm going to preach and I'm going to give the most sincere prayer even though every prayer that I ever do is always read and somebody writes and prepares the speech for me. And that's going to work. It's going to work. Right? More my flambeau. That's going to work. Why? Because you have no ability to stand up unless it's on election day. I don't buy that. Honestly, I don't buy that. And that's why I keep talking about a revolutionary mindset. Good afternoon, caller. Hey, good afternoon, Chris. Good afternoon. Yes, I was listening to you on the agricultural point there about mm -hmm. the, um, the size of our, import, our food input bill. Mm -hmm. And I was totally horrified. You understand? I mean, there are a lot of things that we can do. A lot. In the country, right? And a lot of people, are, I mean, I've seen some comments about all the things are seasonal and so on. But we do have greenhouses. Exactly. And that is where a Taiwanese... Uh, so the Taiwanese can be asked to intervene. Yes. So also, if, if you want to spend money here, right, we have a problem with our food input bill. Why don't we... Well, I'm sure the research is done already. I mean, after all these years, I would have expected that by now we would know how many pounds of tomatoes we need, how many pounds of lettuce at whatever mm -hmm. times of, of the year, and when the hotels are open, you know, what we need. And then we can... We, so, as a nation, we know what we need. Then we have the greenhouses in various places throughout the island. So, whether we have some in Babono, some in Viewfort, some in Labri. You have. You can, you can drive down the West Coast Highway. You can, see, uh, you can see greenhouses. Also, there are some industrious people that have gotten into aquaculture. The mm -hmm. world cannot supply enough fresh water, prawns, shrimp, and so on. And we are... Even if we put everybody in aquaculture that could go... Has the water sources, the clay type soil, and everything else. It still could never satisfy demand. You had a pineapple farmer's hair talking about how good business can be if they just keep up in terms of the demand. And all of the crops, the same tomatoes and cabbage, and you see it in the supermarkets that we are importing, we can grow hair. And even if, for no other reason than to create not only employment, but to help with our food security, offset the economic losses that we are going through right now. And by Christmas, we can have crops and we can reduce off and keep more money in the country. Why is, this, why is this not elementary? Why is this not being talked about as the main priority right now? I don't know. Yeah, well, because you see, it's, it's, it's a simple matter, you know. This guy came in there. In fact, I, I, first of all, I don't think they, 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 they thought they would have won the election. So it was like, when they came in, it was like a surprise for them. I don't think so. And I, I think they no, knew. No, I, I, I seriously don't think they, anyway, that's, I can be that one at the time. Mm -hmm. But, they came in there and their aim is to pillage. You understand? True. So when that you so you. all the bluff about the, the bayonets from Martinique and all these other things, right? All of that was just bluff. Mm -hmm. So so they could win um, the election. Mm -hmm. And having win the, won it, then their the main plan the main plan 
was to see about the FFF, the, fa- the, uh, the friends, uh, the family and family and, and, and the undeserving foreigners. You understand? Mm-hmm. So then you cannot focus on the things you need to do to fix the country because if that was not in your plan in the first instance, right? And that's why I tell you, I, I, I still believe that they were, they were not ready. They weren't, they weren't ready to win the election because they, they literally didn't have a plan. Well, and that's I what happens you, when you come into government and you don't have a plan. I don't think, I think the plan that to pillage was always there. I think the rest of it was gobbledygook. We're following the vision plan of Sir John. And Sir John passed mm. 10 years before and it was a quadrant plan that was assembled and put together by mm. Osbert Dovey and even people like Neville Skeet and so on contributed to since the 90s. The fact of the matter is it's a good salesman type bluff. And I, the plan was to feed the friends, family, and foreigners. And, and I'll tell you one place that I do believe that there's a plan, albeit even if it's instinctive. The, the colonial state has been re-engineered. All of the powers that were dominant in St. Lucia and not only local and regional powers have been not only re-established, but they've been put on steroids. Our land, our food resources, fisheries, you know who is in charge of that? Meat process, meat um, imports, you know who's in charge of that. Agro-produce purchasing, you know who's in charge of that. You know who has gotten all the best lands. You know who's gotten all the direct awards. Right now, we have another 100 years of dominance by the same economic class that was dominating from the 50s and 40s and 30s when we were doing trade with the Canadians. Yeah, yeah but Chris, I, I know your time is limited. So I, I, when you touch on St. June... Mm-hmm. You know what's going on there, all these renderings and, 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 and the foolishness that they're posting on Facebook about, oh, the thing is 70% complete and they will finish before the election. This mm-hmm. has to be exposed yes. for what it is. Yes. It's, it's just pure hogwash. Yep, it's right? a racket. I mean, no plans. I mean, I think Kenny Anthony in the house said there is in no plans approved for the electricals, for the AC, mm-hmm. you understand, for, for, for the plumbing. Nothing has been approved then. Mm-hmm. So basically, it's in a box. Yep, a glorified box that will not be accredited by anyone but the Indians. Right, exactly my point. And, 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 you know, this needs to be exposed. People need to understand what's going on down there. If all the the beautiful renderings, the same thing for the airport. They have not finalized the the, the financing for the airport. I mean, I I know the Export Bank of of Taiwan has probably approved a portion of it, but there is still money. I mean, up to now, we don't even know how much the whole project is going to cost. Actually, caller, I want to tell you, and I better calculate it there one time. I found out yesterday that they were doing the estimate for the piles, which they are trying to do, just the piles, right? It's supposed to be $27 million. U.S. or E.C.? Um, U.S. So that, means out, that mm. means out of the $100 million that they, that they say they want to spend on the airport, right? 100 to 150 million U.S., 72.9 million EC dollars is just going to be on the piles alone. That's basically foundation works. Huh? <laughs> yeah, what I'm saying, we haven't seen, we haven't seen the plans, we haven't seen the costings for everything. Renderings, renderings. Yeah, no, it's all renderings. That's what I'm saying. So it's another bluff. Yep. You understand? Is. It's another, it's another bluff. That's all it is, you know. Yeah. And and all these things need to be exposed. Anyway. Thank you. Thank you. Right, right. Thank you, Carl. All right, folks. I think we're out of time. But I do want to live on a happy note, and I've said it before, and I'm saying it again. I, for one, will not fall for the bait of St. Lucians versus St. Lucians. This is about right versus wrong. Nobody in yellow is my enemy, not even Shastney. Right now, I invited Shastney to come on the round the island. Shastney must go. If he didn't show, maybe he'll come the next time when he is put out. 
But the fact of the matter is, for those who are antagonizing the police, outside of a couple of house slaves, one or two right at the top of the force, the people in the police force are suffering, they feel it, and believe me, they are on our side, because our side is not red or yellow, our side is St. Lucian's first, giving us our country back. Whatever dilapidated state, they've destroyed it to make it, but we will rebuild it. And we're not building a new St. Lucia, we're building a better St. Lucia, which means we're taking the best of what's good and making it better, and we will reduce the bad, but we're not going to destroy St. Lucia or give anybody license to do that again. And I want to leave with this voice, with this um, clip that just happened, because on Saturday I went to Rodney Bay, and Karen and Earl Huntley and others gave me a little power because they said I went only up there to sell t-shirts. I'll be going into the boulevard this Saturday to sell t-shirts, and as of tomorrow, I will be advertising t-shirts and the places that they are available in Denry, in Viewfort, in Soufre, in Castries, in Grosley, and also people who will be distributing in Ancillary, Canneries, Labry, Schwazel, and Miku and Babono, all of that will be announced from tomorrow. I'll have an ad that'll also be running. So we'll get the t-shirts up because it's not about me. The revolution is all of us. And in doing so, on Saturday, which I will be repeating this Saturday in the boulevard from 10 to 2, but, and then I'll go to Viewfort and the other places. I must end with this clip because I am so heartened to see the SSU, the same people that picked me up, just following their orders. And I respect them for that. They did the right thing by following their orders. I'm never going to hold that against them. They came. In fact, see for yourself. Have a great day. That's my revolution. I have to pay for my next Next time you're up with custody suites, I'll be all right. You got it, Tony? Huh? No, I didn't get a medium. No more medium? X. So tell me, let me see. That's, that's, that's large and. Right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Look large. You have large? Check, 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 check. Put it on his back. Put it on his back so he can see. Yeah, you have a chest. You have a chest. You have a chest. You have a lot of. How are that's not that's not um that's not that's you're talking about iron on press on no 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 that's screen print <laughs> yeah under 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 because yeah you'll get shot by your own you'll get shot by your own um your own AC was it what's what charity The opinions expressed on this TV program by the hosts, co-hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions and responsibility of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of UTV or its affiliates.